Well, I need to start by saying thank you to Stuart and Rabina Anglican Church for the opportunity to share these times with them and especially for the privilege of opening God's Word for us. It is a little bit daunting, but that was made more so this week. Two reasons. Firstly, the passage that's just been read to you. And secondly, the fact that Stuart provided a weekly devotion on this passage to our Anglican Focus online magazine, which goes to every Anglican church in the diocese. So if you find that you can't understand me, or you prefer Stuart's style, then just Google Anglican Focus Devotion, look for June the 21st in your browser and click on that. However, if you're willing to stick with me, let me lead us in prayer as we begin to look at our passage today. Loving God, what we know not, teach us. What we are not, make us. What we have not, give us. For Jesus' sake. Amen. Now most of us have been taught from an early age that Jesus is the bringer of peace. He came to bring peace to this world. Luke chapter 2, one of the birth narratives, reminds us at Jesus' birth that the angels sang. They proclaimed peace on earth, goodwill toward all humanity. Isaiah 9 tells us that to us a child is born, to us a son is given and the government will be upon his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of peace. Jesus' name has been used in the cause of peace for thousands of years. We know in our heart that Jesus came to bring peace, not a sword. Isn't it quite a shock then when we hear Jesus say in Matthew 10.34, do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth, I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. Matthew chapter 10, verse 34, Jesus says, Do not think I have come to bring peace to this earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. How do we respond to that? What does that mean? What is Jesus trying to say? Well, let me give you three possible options. The first option is that we can put our hands over our ears or over our eyes and not read it, not listen to it. Sort of the la, 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 la response. This is not the Jesus that I know. This is not the Jesus that I want to know. Take it away from me. It's, it's the equivalent of, of grabbing our Bible and looking at that verse and tearing it out and saying, we don't want that. In our Bible. There are many people in our church and outside the church who treat the Scriptures just like that. It doesn't suit their idea of who Jesus or God is, then it shouldn't be in there. They either physically or metaphorically tear it out by never reading it. Now, I can't speak for you, but that's not a way that I can come to this passage or any passage in our scriptures. So I have to go to option two. And response two is, 
Well, Matthew must have got it wrong. He misheard, or he heard it right, but then wrote it down wrong. It's a bit like the crowd in Monty Python's The Life of Brian, who there listening to Jesus preach the Sermon on the Mount, hear him say, blessed are the cheesemakers, rather than blessed are the peacemakers. Matthew wrote it down wrong. He meant to say, Jesus saying, I have come to bring peace to this earth. And here too, I have a problem and so do you, if you were listening to Stuart last week. Because the whole context of Matthew 10.34, the whole focus of Matthew 10 is there will be division because of Jesus. Stuart spoke about that last week from the verses before verse 34, where as disciples we are sent out to be sheep among wolves. We are sent out to be attacked by others. Jesus' followers will be persecuted, betrayed because of his name. Then in the verses following verse 34, Matthew quotes Micah chapter 7, speaking of close family members who will be foes of each other because of him. So, it seems to me that Matthew didn't write this verse down wrong because the whole context uh, backs that up. Which leaves me with response number three, that Jesus said it and Matthew recorded it. He did not, Jesus did not and has not come to bring peace to this earth. He's come to bring a sword. But what did Jesus mean? That's what we need to wrestle with. So those passages which, uh, from Luke and Isaiah, which I read to before, clearly speak of the Messiah being the one who brings peace. And I think it's clear from the general tenor of Matthew's Gospel, as well as from the others, that Jesus does come to bring peace. But what Luke and what Isaiah and what Matthew mean when they speak of Jesus bringing peace, is that Jesus brings peace between us and God. Because of our sin, because of our rebellion against God and our refusal at times to live the way that God wants us to, we are at war with God, we are estranged from God, if you like. And Jesus, who comes to overcome that sin, who comes to bring salvation, to bring us back into relationship with God, brings peace in that sense. See, Jesus is the Prince of Peace, not because he's the forerunner of the United Nations, but because he comes to deal with the greatest conflict of all, the conflict between humans and God because of our sin. His life and his death bring peace in the God human relationship. And Jesus is quite clear in the Bible that this is what he came to do. He did come to bring peace. So then in what sense did he come not to bring peace? In what sense did he come to bring a sword? At Surface Paradise Anglican Church we are doing our own online daily reflections and we're working through the book of Acts 
Time and time again in the book of Acts, we see this good news of peace with God through Jesus' death proclaimed. And time and time and time again, it leads to hatred, hostility, violence and murder. That's the reality I think Jesus is trying to drum into his disciples in Matthew 10. The gospel is good news, great news. But it is news that will divide and it is news that will bring conflict. I wonder whether you've seen that in your own life. I wonder whether you've seen that in your family, which is what Jesus speaks about in verses 35 and 36. In my case, I think most of my presentations of the good news result in apathy on the part of the hearer. But I know I can recall a couple of times when in explaining the great news of forgiveness and hope, I've been met with anger and argument. The claims about Jesus and the expectations of Jesus are confronting and challenging and sometimes people will resist. So here in Matthew chapter 10 verse 34, Jesus is being very clear with his disciples and with us that this is exactly what will happen. He's being clear that the good news about him will in fact not bring peace but bring a sword. Now I don't think he's talking about a literal sword here, he's metaphorically speaking about conflict in general. Sometimes that conflict will escalate into violence and death but at the base of it all is a hostility toward the message of great news for all humanity. And his disciples were going to find that out in a very short space of time. We actually don't have to go far to find that out in our own world. There are places in this world where people who have become Christians have been disowned and disinherited by their family. There are places where people have lost their jobs. There are countries in the world where Christians suffer for being bearers of the good news. So here is a paradox of our faith. We go out to tell people that he has come to bring peace with God and we find that we don't have peace with those people. We go out to tell people the good news and we find hostility and violence as a response. I read a quote during the week. Hostility against Christians results not from them making themselves obnoxious, but from the sad fact that despite the peacemaking principles of 1 Peter and other examples, sometimes the gospel so alienates unbelievers that they lash out against those who would love them for Christ's sake. So it's not easy, is it? And when it involves close family members, like fathers and sons, mothers and daughters, mothers-in-law and daughters-in-law, it's harder again. 
But Jesus tells us in Matthew 10, don't be surprised. Endure to the end, he says. Take up your cross and follow, he says. Do not fear, he says. Acknowledge me before others, he says. And in doing this, you will find life. In doing this, I will acknowledge you before my Father in heaven. Why don't I pray that that's what we might do? Loving God, you did send Jesus to be the Prince of Peace, to bring peace between us and you, and we thank and praise you for that. But each of us knows, Lord, that there are times when that will lead to hostility in families, in workplaces. We know there are countries and people who are being persecuted this very day because they dare to preach good news. So we pray that we will do what Jesus asks us to do in Matthew chapter 10, that we will endure to the end, that we will not fear, that we will take up our cross and follow him and acknowledge him every day of our lives. And we thank you for the promise that in doing this we will have life and that he will acknowledge us before you. And we pray for this in his name. Amen.